and welcome back to Shit Your Therapist Won't Tell You. I'm Karen. And I'm Megan. And today we're going to talk about the crutch thing. And get ready because there's a lot of content here. Might even be... Might be a two-parter. Might be a two-parter segment. Um, We'll see how it goes, though, because we have a lot of different um, directions that this can go. But crutches are prevalent everywhere in a lot of places where uh, we don't even recognize them I think would you say um I just have like this random analogy with the whole crutch thing I don't know why it just came to me well I do um and maybe this will kind of go into the topics but sometimes crutches are necessary to heal something yeah that is a good but you are not supposed to live on crutches forever right like when you're learning to walk you use like a little baby walker but you're not supposed to use that forever. You're supposed to learn how to get up and walk on your own eventually. Mm-hmm. Or if you break, I've been on crutches a lot of my life, um, physically and <laughs> me- metaphysically. <laughs> and <laughs> if you stay on them too long, you can't work out what needs to be healed. Like it does need that rest time. You atrophy. It, you atrophy. And then it becomes a bigger problem than to begin with. So. Can you hear that? I mean, it just sounds like UFOs are landing at your house, but that's all right. <laughs> There's no UFOs at my house, guys. It's just my husband cutting the grass. Um, so one of the things I wanted to start off with was the first time I thought about crutches in a metaphysical sense, and a tangible metaphysical sense, rather. Um, in 2012, when I started my metaphysical awakening and my mediumship, and I found my mentor... The first thing that she told me was I was not going to be using crutches. And I was like, okay, well, what's that? And she was like, you know, um, crystals, pendulums, trow cards, um, you know, I wasn't going to be using any of that. I was just going to develop my abilities on their own. And I was like, well, you know, are those things bad? Like, should, should I not use, is that like a Ouija board? And she was like, do not use a Ouija board. Um, but no, it's not bad in the same way. She said, but if you learn um, and develop your abilities on crutches, you're always going to need them. And if you learn and develop your abilities without them, then you won't need them. And then you can use them if you want to, or mm. for like added affirmation or for fun, cause tools are fun. Um, but they were to be used as tools, not crutches, and I shouldn't need them. And that's kind of where that started for me. And, um, going forward, any time that I do counseling or um metaphysical mentorship i don't let my students or clients use tools either because it's it was ingrained in me from the jump that if you want to develop this you need to just develop it not develop halfway while you're relying on something else to do the other half of the job well it's it's kind of like this analogy also when you learn to swim you have floaties they keep you up you can't swim forever with them. Eventually, you have to take them off. You have to learn to swim. The actual learning to swim is without them. Yeah, that's, I know what that's I was about your to say. favorite yeah. because I would text you all the time on something, and you just send me emojis, and I'm like, I don't want to <laughs> swim. I want you to give me the answer, and she doesn't. And you got to the point where you would be like, you're, you would text me something, and I would just send you like a little emoji, and you'd be like, you're gonna make me swim, aren't you? And I'm just, and then I'll send you another emoji, and you'd be like, oh my god, yeah. But, but, you, but you didn't sink, but you didn't sink and no. you would have never developed that confidence or ability if I kept 
being your floaties. Exactly. But in turn, with the swimming analogy, you can go out and swim and have noodles and like the things to lay in for fun, but you already know to swim. Yeah. Right, 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 right. I love that you put it together like that. And, and, you know, it's important to realize, not just speaking metaphysically, people are crutches for people a lot. Sometimes it is um, almost forced upon you from the other side, like in a narcissistic relationship or like a, um, uh, like a, uh, a controlling type of like toxic relationship, right? When people get... Um, uh, what's it called when, what, what did that girl's mom have when, when you want your kid to be sick? What's that called? Munchausen's by, well, Munchausen Munchausen's, by proxy. Yeah. Munchausen by proxy is what she, the girl had. But you know, you can develop having a crutch as a person, even by Munchausen's, like they push that on you. Like you mm-hmm. need them, you need them. You aren't going to do this without them. And then you start to believe it. Um, and I, I see it a lot in, you know, relationships with significant turmoil and I'm and I always tell people you're not going to break this cycle of being unhealthily codependent on one another if you don't break it now like you have to break that apart and learn how to fix you and let them learn how to fix them and then come back together as a unit if you're like in a relationship type setting and you're become codependent on somebody you have to separate it make both sides whole and then come together. And not only like if you're not like if you're not the toxic one in the relationship and you're being the crutch to somebody else, you also could be using that toxicity as your own crutch. And yeah, fine. Especially if you look at a pattern of behaviors, you have to really step back and be like, am I using this chaos and this turmoil and this toxicity as my own crutch? Because it's all I know. Right. And that is okay if you can put yourself outside of that and realize that's what you're doing and then break that. Um, The hardest part in breaking the habit of using a crutch is stepping outside and realizing it because people will justify anything. They will justify, oh, I'm not using them as a crutch. I just need them because blah, blah. And I'm like, I know that it makes sense in your mind, but I'm telling you, you don't need it. You are a whole person. You are a full person and you don't need that in the thought that we have to need somebody is I think very much um pushed into the subconscious by society like you know we need we need our partner we need this person we need that person and it's so dependent and what people don't realize is even though both people in the party feel like this dependency gives them a sense of worth it is so demanding and stressful you don't even realize it. And then you wonder why you're so tense all the time. It's because you are being, the only person that should depend on you is a child or like somebody with a disability or an old person. Like if two healthy people should not be dependent on one another like that, like it adds to your life. It should not be a dependability. Well, even, even bringing up the thing with kids, you don't raise them to depend on you for the rest of your life. The whole point of raising them is to, you can always be there, but you cannot be their crutch for the rest of their lives. We teach right. them to fly. We teach them to get out mm-hmm. and spread their wings. Mm-hmm. And I, will, you- I, I cannot be my kid's crutch. I taught Grayson how to make his own breakfast at four years old. And my friend who had a daughter the same age was like, my kid can't even open her own Pop-Tart at four. And I'm like, well, Grayson made waffles yesterday. So, I mean, not, not that that's better or worse, but it's like, 
you know, there are, you know, you can teach your kid to be independent later in life or whatever, but you know, at, at some point you have to start making that shift. And I think the earlier you do it, the easier, because the older they are, if they've had that dependency for so long, it's harder to take it away from them because now they're entitled or, you know, they feel like they're supposed to have it and you're taking it away and it's, it's more difficult. I think there's definitely, and this is probably could get misconstrued. There's a healthy balance because we're also not saying just make your kid do everything for themselves. Because no, right. it's about developing that. Just like if you take the relationship with a kid and teaching them to be dependent on themselves, emotionally, physically, all of that stuff to survive on their own. It's the same way when you get into a pattern, like not kid related, like spouse or relationship or any of that. It's not like a light switch where you can just be like, I'm done being this crutch. It takes that healing and learning. Right. To right. To do that. And it has you know, to be a healthy balance also. And that's that way with any crutch. And that's why, you know, I try from the jump with anybody that I have the ability to, to start with no crutches because it's easier to start without them than to learn how to take them away. Um, like, um, like drugs, you know, um, it's a whole lot easier to not do them if you never do them than it is to get off of them once you've been on them. And that 100% is a crutch. You know, um, if, even if somebody says they're doing it for fun, if you cannot have fun without drugs then drugs is your crutch to have fun. That, yep. I mean, that's still a crutch. You yeah. know, if, if you say that you want to, you know, not, not saying if I want to drink with my friends and have fun, that means it's a crutch. Again, it's a choice. I can have fun without it or I can have fun with it yes. at that point because I, cause I know how to have fun, you know? Um, but if you're at the point where you're like, oh, I can't have a good time unless I'm blackout or shit based or, you know, super, super high, then that's a crutch. And what are you trying to you know, avoid. crush yourself with that for, yeah, or avoid and, or people that do it not to have fun just to feel normal. Oh, I just take it so that I feel normal. So I, you know, I'm not a drug addict. I just take it to feel normal. Well, then that's a crutch because you should be able and to that's feel a normal physical, without that. Yeah, that's a physical crutch. And I think especially with drugs and coming from a place of having done a lot of them, I did not have a specific one. And I know I've talked about it in other, um, podcast and it wasn't super I mean I guess there's a spectrum I wasn't on like super hard drugs um mm -hmm. I did not have one that was a specific crutch it was all of them in general so right. it was more of I didn't I didn't ever really have a physical crutch to drugs or alcohol I definitely had an emotional one because it was so much easier than feeling anything so right. if you gave me something in the where I didn't have to feel the way that I felt, I'm game. Right. I'm fortunate that I was not presented with more options because right. it could have been a physical dependency, but it was not. Right. But I right. even going into drugs is such a big classification, and I know this is going to ruffle some feathers, and we might have to do a whole other one on this. I have been on medication my entire life, most of it, it's from about 15 until right before I met you mm -hmm. and I've been on just because they're street drugs doesn't mean that they're not still not under the classification of medical drugs mm -hmm. and they're made to make you feel better in air quotes and like I said this will probably have to be a whole different one on 
our passion about medication and the studies mm-hmm. and all of that stuff, which I think we absolutely should do. Yeah. But I remember when I first – that sounded like a cow. <laughs> it did. And that was on your end, not mine. I know. That's what, I'm in a neighborhood. <laughs> I'm not sure what that was. Um, but I remember getting to some of the hard things during therapy where things that I was confronting and feelings that I was confronting – even when I felt better, when I was like, this would be so much easier if I had a Xanax. This would be so yeah. much easier. I don't want to do this. But I was luckily in a place where I could be like, no, we know what that does. That's avoidance. Right. I'm doing it right. to avoid working on it. Right. That well, was, it a, that a was a huge for amount. Me. It took a huge amount of self-awareness for that. And it accountability does. and yeah. honesty. It does. And that's with, I think with any crutch confronting that, if you're wanting to remove them, it, oh, yeah. takes, it takes all of those things. But I also had mm-hmm. the want to not, not be on anything. I had the want, like I, right. it was ingrained, like I it, do not want to do this. It's definitely a matter of being ready or not, because if you're not ready to put in the work, yeah, popping a Xanax is a whole hell of a lot easier than doing the work that it takes to get your mind right without it. Yeah. But if you're but if you're ready for that, then you're ready for it. If you're not, then you're not. And it's not a good or a bad thing. It's not a positive or negative thing. It is what it is. It's I'm, it's completely neutral and apathetic. You know, pe- there's always going to be crutches. And like you said, there are crutches for a reason. I've had so many people say, drugs saved my life. Um, you know, so, some people... Where I was before and like going through... I know now being on this side, I would have never got to be where I'm at if I wasn't, if I didn't go through that. So it's, right. I don't feel any shame towards my past and right taking a lot of work to get to this place because before I would either be proud or shameful now it is right and even right it's just moving it's not like we were talking about earlier like I feel like sometimes people think that we don't go through things even now Mm -hmm. just because you have this knowledge and stuff that's actually what one of my classes was on um if people that are spiritually aware go through hard times and mm-hmm. we absolutely do. I feel like we kind of go through more of them. It's just um, how we handle them. But even moving and all the turmoil that that brought, I noticed myself slipping back into drinking wine more often than I usually do. But what I stepped back from is figuring out if I was just doing it because I wanted to, because I'm a 33 year old woman who likes wine or mm-hmm. Was I, what reasons was I doing it? And my reasons were not good. So I was like, right, we need to stop that right now. (laughs) Right. And, you know, and it's fun. It's funny when people bring that one up because wine is so socially acceptable. It's, it's a joke. It's a meme. It's lighthearted. It's, how do we tell time between wine glasses and coffee cups? Right. You know, mom, mommy needs a glass of wine. Like it's so funny, but at the same time, sit back and ask yourself and be honest with yourself. Are you using it as a crutch? And you know, anybody that knows me personally, and maybe they've heard me talk about it before. I feel the same as I do about like the whole wine thing as uh, marijuana. Like, yeah, it's the same to me. Like, it should be no different for it to be an acceptable joke to be like, oh, mommy needs a glass of wine to, oh, mommy needs a bong rip. Like to me, mm-hmm. I don't see the difference. At the same time, 
you know, it's funny because I have, and <laughs> I'm like this, you know, metaphysical practitioner. Um, my office is very, you know, spiritually set up. It's very boho and laid back. And I still have clients come in. And when I'm going over their medical review, they're like, I don't take any medicine, but um, I do smoke a little pot. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, oh, okay, good. And I'm like, you thought I was going to have a problem with that? <laughs> like, right. I don't. I have a problem. I if have... the reason you're using it right to escape something and it now, doesn't matter what and, it is and not just to escape this is what i wanted to talk about um it's a great tool to I'm, and i mean all ancient practices of spirituality and metaphysics will show you that the difference is when it comes to smoking weed for spiritual purposes or um you know play purposes or whatever is are you using it as a crutch and how are you using it so a lot of people and and you'll see in like you know ancient um, spirituality and practices and stuff like that, marijuana, ayahuasca, um, you know, peyote, all these different substances are used to go into a deeper state of meditation. Uh, even fasting will do the same thing. But the problem is if you're reliant on it and that's the only time you can achieve that meditative transient state. So there's plenty of times where I enjoy, you know, smoking a little weed to go a little deeper or, um, well, you know, the I'm sitting with, with a the tools. Like you don't want to use the tools to practice. You use right. The but right. Right. If I want to, but that's not to say like, I can just be, it's like, just because it's natural doesn't mean it's okay to use as a crutch still. And you know, if you can reach, sometimes I'll tell people, you know, yeah, if you want to use that as an intro to be able to get into a meditative state, that's cool. And I'll tell them, get high, if that's what you're doing, and go into a meditative state. Next time, get a little less high than you did the last time, but get high and then push yourself the rest of the way to the state of meditation you were in when you got all the way high. And then the next time, get even less high, get into your meditative state, and then push yourself the rest of the way. So it's like, you're getting halfway there and then you're pushing yourself the rest of the way, but you know what it feels like because you've been there before, you know, that can be really helpful, but it's not something, something to say on meditation is, um, and something I struggle with is meditation doesn't just happen. You don't just go it, like it takes work. It takes practice. Like, so if you're not getting it, like, don't just think that you, you can't do it or that you're failing at it or that you need an aid, you know, it's, yeah. You know, it's not, it, it's not the easiest thing to just let your mind go and figure out how to, because it's a, it's a really odd balance between intentionally going into a meditative state, but also letting go and letting yourself do that. But the, but the idea is not to use a crutch, even if it's like, oh, well, I'm using a crutch to do this thing and that's good. You have to learn to develop these things on your own because what happens if one day we wake up and all of these crutches are gone. Like, obviously not all of them could be because like codependency and stuff, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like what, what happens then? Do we all just like fall apart and lose our minds? Like it's much easier not. to, <laughs> it's much easier to develop without having the crutch. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> then it is to reverse it. Something I was talking today to a client about, um, which is an interesting perspective to look at the crutch is she is in a situation where she is financially and I'm a lot of people can relate with this. 
I'm sure, at least at some point in their life. She is completely financially reliant on her significant other. She is not 100% pleased with the relationship between her and her significant other. But she feels like she can't set boundaries because she has no true way to ultimately defend them if her significant other does not rise to the standards that she is setting in the boundary because she is reliant on them and feels like she can't go anywhere, so it doesn't matter. She can't defend these boundaries. However, my client is working on getting a specific license or degree and with this would be able to be financially independent. And she says, Megan, I've done the work. I just need to study and take the exams, but I am so unmotivated to do it. I don't know why. I want it, but I cannot find the motivation to do it. And I said, well, that's because subconsciously you're self-sabotaging by not wanting to take the leap because that would mean you would be financially independent and you wouldn't have the excuse of being financially reliant on your significant other to not say, oh, I can't put up my boundaries now because it doesn't matter because I, I can't leave. If right. you remove that crutch. So in this situation, she's using the crutch of being financially reliant on her significant other when she has the opportunity in front of her to you know, remedy that situation so that she is financially independent and she can say, you know, nut up or shut up basically like, you know, rise to the standard or yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Cause that's a scary thing to do. Right. So in that situation, the crutch is a, an unfortunate situation that she is choosing or has been choosing rather to keep herself in. She has been, so your limitations, if you're choosing them, and I like what you say all the time, if you're not changing it, you're choosing it, right? Yeah, so yeah. her limitations that she is basically choosing because she's not changing or is her crutch in this situation. Or waiting for the, the kind of, And also, like one, motivation doesn't come to you. I've learned that many times the hard way. <laughs> but motivation is created by you, even subconsciously. Right. So using saying I don't have the motivation is a crutch also. And you can use that literally even down to day-to-day -day stuff. Like I am not above, I still use crutches and I'm like, well, I didn't get something done because I had this stuff to do. So there wasn't any time. That's a, that's right. A, it's a crutch. One of my, one of my favorite um, quotes, I forget who it's by Steven something. It says, excuses are tools of the incompetent used to build monuments of nothingness and those who specialize in them seldom amount to anything. Mm -hmm. I, I like love that. that quote. And when you think about it, the, the excuses are crutches. The excuses are crutches to not uh, branch out and take chances. The excuses are crutches to not, you know, to take leaps of faith or put yourself out there or be brave. And, and that is probably the most harmful crutch because any other crutch you may be using to stay afloat or, you know, maybe even get ahead. But in this case, it's a crutch that you're using to stay in your comfort zone, which is ultimately killing you because if you're not growing, you're dying. Well, also that I think what you said before is people will find justification in anything. Mm -hmm. People, especially if you're not willing what is the thing that we talked about where self-awareness feels like an attack? 
Yeah. Um, no, accountability. Feels accountability. Like if you can't even hold yourself accountable that they are excuses, you will find a justification and call them. Mm -hmm. Like like people that have a problem for every people that have a problem for every solution. Those are the kind of, you know, those are the kind of people that is like, you know, Oh, I have this problem and I give you 50 different solutions, but now you have a problem for every, no, that won't work because X, Y, Z. No, that won't work because X, Y, Z. No, that, and it's a difficult situation. And for the people that are feeling really defensive right now, I'm going to go in a little bit on a personal level with you. I have been in a situation where if somebody wasn't really listening to me, what I was saying was definitely coming off like that. When my son, before I knew about his trauma, he was having extreme behavioral issues for like two years, like extreme, but I was a young mom. So a lot of people said, Oh, it's just terrible twos. And I'm like, this is neurotic. It's not normal. And so people would give me recommendations on what to do for his different fits or his night terrors or, you know, whatever his biting, his hitting his, you know, slamming his head on the floor, throwing books, you know, you know, different stuff like that. And every time I'd be like, I've tried that. I've tried that. I've tried that. I've tried that. I'm like, Oh, you have to try. I've tried it for three weeks at a time. I've tried it for a month. And I have tried all of this. Something is still not working. And eventually I found a solution. So don't feel, don't feel like you have to roll over and accept help if you've already done something. Right. But don't sit here and say, oh, that won't work because if it's, if you're just making excuses for it, it can be a situation where genuinely you are at your wits end and you've tried everything and nothing has worked. There's going to be a solution out there. You need to talk to somebody new and keep asking somebody new. Don't keep asking the same person. That's one thing that I didn't do and that you should never, if somebody has given you all they can give you, don't go back and ask them for more because that's not fair. You can keep searching, but don't be the kind of person that always has an excuse as to why it won't work because then you're breaking my number one golden rule. If you're not going to do anything about it, you're not allowed to bitch about it. That is the number one rule. And I, I think that goes, I think that's really good also is you don't ever stop. Like, especially if you feel like something's wrong, if you like, that's not rolling over and just saying, I've tried all of that and nothing's going to work. So you're just accepting the way it is. You just, you, you don't give up. It is every answer isn't every solution isn't going to be for you. And if you're the person that is on the receiving end of this and you're asking yourself, okay, well, how do I help somebody or how do I know the difference between someone that's genuinely looking for help and doesn't want the crutch or someone that's just looking to bitch. And this is the way you tell the difference. If they're asking for your help or advice, then they're not trying to make excuses or find crutches. If they're Mm -hmm. just bitching about it and not asking for help and not looking for advice, then they're going to just make excuses for everything that you say. Well, that's, this is something, well, just on a commute, that's, this part is on communication, but, um, and I heard it somewhere. I don't quote me. I don't know where, but it has really worked for us. Um, Tiffany is a fixer. She wants to fix situations. She wants, she, she's, she's a fixer. So she'll give Mm -hmm. me every different solution. And sometimes, sometimes you just want to vent. Sometimes you just, Mm -hmm. that's what this person did. And it really hurt my feelings. And so now we both have kind of adapted where if we can kind of feel each other out, do you want my advice or do you just need to vent? And right. And and that's a good point that you brought up because I, I shouldn't lump it all into one or the other, because there is that time where you just want to vent. It's different than bitching. Sometimes you just want to talk something out. 
and you're not looking for help. And sometimes you can find your own answers in venting. Right. And you just want to be heard. And that is completely valid and wanting to be have, heard. But I have a, I have a friend living with me that does that. Um, I have a friend living with me right now. And sometimes she just needs to talk things out out loud. And before I can respond with whatever I'm thinking, she'd be like, oh, wait. Oh, wait. It. okay. And then, yeah. And then she'll have the answer already. And, you know, that happens a lot, too. Sometimes I do, I do, do that all the time. I, I am very much a person where in my own head, because I'm still learning the differences of who's talking, <laughs> um, that it helps me better to say it out loud. <clears throat> Mm -hmm. And then I realized the answers on my own. You know, I think um, in our last podcast, we were talking about communication versus comprehension. And I think, you know, I think that can fit in here. We were debating earlier today on which we were going to do that or this, but I, I think it can fit in here too. Just, you know, like for a yeah. side note, maybe um, in those conversations, when somebody is talking about a situation, everybody says communication is key, but it's not. Communication is like the door but comprehension is the key that opens it. You can communicate till you're fucking blue in the face. If the person you're communicating with isn't trying to comprehend what you're saying or you're not trying to comprehend what they're saying, mm -hmm. it's talking to a brick wall, 100%. Yeah. If, there, if there's no comprehension, then there's, there's no communication because you're just talking out loud to one another. You're talking to each other instead of with each other. Well, and just like how it kind of relates to everything, and we talked about it the last time, social media is a big one for this because people go on there and just want their points to be heard but don't have the comprehension to understand where somebody else is coming from, and then you develop the judgment and all of that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes the self-awareness to figure out if it's even worth your time or energy. Right. I think um, when we talk about communication, it has a lot to do with crutches. Um, I think some people... And people use social on, media as a crutch. Yeah. Um, in communication, what are some crutches that we use? Yelling, talking over one another. Name-calling, um, degrading. Yeah. Um, being condescending or brass or uncouth. You know, some of, you know, all of those tactics to be to try to be heard but what people don't realize is when it comes to the throat chakra if you if your throat chakra is blocked because you don't communicate well you probably nine times out of ten also don't hear well you do not right. hear people you might be listening but you're not hearing what they're saying and using those crutches to try to get your point across if you're not trying to hear what they're saying you're already not communicating with comprehension so you're going to try unhealthy um, crutches to communicate your point instead of just saying what you're trying to say. Well, I think also, I, like we talked in the other one, with crutches, there's a lot of emotion involved. Whether mm -hmm. you want to talk about the drugs or toxicity or communication, if you can remove the emotion from either side that comprehension can't, can open up e more easily. And, you know, another way that people in communication use crutches is through emotion with manipulation. Yeah. That's a you big can't one get for someone to hear you. Yeah. You, you either can't get someone to hear you or you don't have the confidence within you to get someone to hear you. 
So you use the crutch of emotional manipulation and try to gaslight. I was going to, I was literally just saying gaslighting (laughs) mm -hmm, in my head. Or try to deflect or, um, you know, turn it around on somebody else or, you know, completely go off the rails and talk about something completely different. All of those are crutches to communication. Like if, if, if you're using a crutch for communication, you know, there, there's no way that that's a good habit. And a lot of people are afraid to speak up or speak their truth. One of the things that I talk to a lot of people in therapy about is just use your words. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Shutting down is a crutch also. And I can say that from personal experience is I would rather, and I still struggle with it. I would rather shut down and not even like it not be worth my time or energy. And that has can easily become a crutch because it's what's comfortable. Well, and there's sometimes where that's appropriate and sometimes where it's not. The difference is if you're shutting down to let something go because it's not worth your energy and you know that that person isn't going to hear you and you can walk away being okay with not getting your words out, that's fine. If you walk away and you feel suppressed or resentful or bitter or frustrated, then that's not the time to walk away because clearly those are words which are energy that needs to come out and the best thing I can can tell somebody to do if you're with somebody that does not comprehend and communicate well or maybe you don't comprehend or communicate well is to write a letter my mom always used to tell me if you have something important to say write it in a letter because human curiosity is going to read the whole thing you can't Mm -hmm. interrupt it you can get your words out as clearly as you need to there's no emotion it's it's just the communication and it leaves so much more open energy for comprehension and understanding. And, you know, that, that's a good way to avoid the crutches of yelling at one another or, you know, saying things that you don't mean or, or fabricating. You know, maybe even, you- even if you can't give that letter to somebody, even writing it out gets it out of you. And oh, yes. I've practiced this a lot before communication was big with me is writing what even if it was horrible things like I needed to write things out and then I would burn it mm-hmm. because it still gets it out and the energy out of myself right I mean even if you're the type of person that needs to fabricate or stretch the truth or lie because you feel like that's safer that's a crutch and if you don't feel confident to stand up and speak up for yourself that's a crutch that you're using to avoid that growth Avoid also is the crutch using personality traits as a crutch for toxic behavior is a no. Mm. Oh yeah. Oh, well, this is just how I was raised. We yell or, you know, this is just who I am. I shut down or, you know, that is, Oh, that, that is a crutch on a whole nother level. Um, we were talking about and if you're earlier. not ready to see that as a crutch, then you might as well stop listening now. <laughs> yeah. because So one of the crutches that really kind of like irks me sometimes, or at least used to is Zodiac signs. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I I'm a Leo. It's just who I am. No, let me explain something to you guys on a very spiritual level. We incarnate into specific zodiac signs so that we are born with that energy within our DNA to begin with, because the planetary and star alignments do affect the energies everywhere. Yeah. And, 
you know, so we're born, we choose to be born into, to be incarnated into specific zodiac signs. And I'm talking your whole house, not just your sun sign, um, to have certain personality traits that we are to overcome. Yeah. I was going to say to learn from not just literally sitting there and saying, well, this is just the way I am because this is what I chose to be incarnated as. Those are probably personality traits you wanted to develop or overcome. So I'm a Leo and I'm a Leo through and through and I always have been and it served me very well at a young age because I didn't give a fuck what no one said and you can peer pressure me to do jack shit. My migration is a Leo. Yeah. And so it was very, I was always very self-empowered. I was always very self-sure. I was always, uh, you, you couldn't tell me anything. I mean, I knew it and, um, you know, it served me well, although I'm a cuss, I am actually the very first day of a Leo. So I have a lot of cancer tendencies too, which is a really unique combination, a cancer and a Leo. Grayson um, is a very last day cusper of a Leo. Okay. This is the 21st. Well, so he has that balance in the, in the Virgo after. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, growing up, I was center of attention, front center stage, loud, obnoxious, like super overactive throat chakra. Like I had to be seen all the time. If I was like that now, I don't think I could do a very good job at what I do because it was very self-centered and egoic, but I was a teenager and it served me well then. But if I was that way now and I was like, sorry guys, it's just who I am. Like I wouldn't get very far, I don't think. And I definitely needed that, um, balance with the, the cancer personality traits with that water emotion to kind of help me be empathetic and mm-hmm. compassionate in learning how to balance those energies rather than just saying, Oh, Malia, sorry about it. I mean, that's just ignorant when, when you act like that, don't use your Zodiac as a crutch. It's really like blasphemous to me. Like it's just and the same with the whole generational things. And that's how I was raised. And like when you know better, you do better, you grow. Like you cannot, anything that stays the same is dying. If you're not growing, you're dying. So you cannot right. use your <coughs> upbringing <coughs> at a toxic <coughs> level as a crutch to continue right. those things. It still doesn't make it any less toxic. I had a conversation with my husband the other day. Um, you know, he hasn't been working as much with this coronavirus crap going on, not because um, the chimney company, his, him and his dad's company shut down, but because a lot of people canceled their appointments because they didn't want to spend the money on it because they weren't sure where their money was coming from, right? Okay, that mm-hmm. is understandable. So he's been home a lot, and he's been doing a lot of projects around the house. Um, he has been not working on chimneys. He's been in a lot less pain and a lot less frustrated. And I was talking to him the other day about it because I'm not the only one. I know you noticed it when you were here last. Um, yeah. You know, a couple other of our friends have noticed it. And it's like, you just seem happier. And I said, you know, this would be a really great time to consider other career options for you. Like, do you want to start doing more woodwork? Because he really enjoys that. Do you want to, you know, he has his landscaping business as well. Like, this would be a really great time to consider other options that aren't going to kill you and put you in a wheelchair. And he said, but it's what I've always done. I've built this company for 15 years. And I said, John, just because you've always done it doesn't mean it's all you ever have to do. That's like saying, oh, well, I've been in this toxic relationship for 10 years. And even though he's killing me, it's where I've been for 10 years. So I might as well stay like we're young. He's only going to be 31 this year. You have plenty of time to change your mind. You've only been 
an adult for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Like that's not a lot of time. Like you're a 10 year old adult. Like basically if you look at it like that. And well, I think that was like the like, biggest eye opener for anybody. I, I feel going into their thirties because that was like what you always dreaded was, you know, hitting that mark of the thirties, but like you can do anything that fulfills you at any time. It's all like you're and I love the quote. It sounded so cheesy when I first heard it, but I truly honestly believe every part of it. You are one decision away from a totally different life. Like yeah. any decision you make can lead to a completely different life. There's a thing on Facebook about it's coming from a husband's point of view about how he's loved eight different women. But it's oh, all the I've same woman, different yeah. versions of herself. If we all he's been with same, a teacher, he's yeah. been with a nurse, he's been with a yeah, I saw that. I love if you don't allow yourself the same that you would be excited about another person going through that, right? Then that's a crutch. Okay, if you if you're looking at your friends and your friend is your age and they're like, I. I decided to quit my job and start my own business. You probably wouldn't look at your friend and be like, oh my God, dude, what the fuck? You probably be like, oh my God, that's so exciting. Congratulations. So why not have that same energy for you? Because you're letting fear be the crutch. Are you going to look back at somebody who's 80 years old? I say 80, like that's old. It's really not. But whatever age, if you, and they've done the same thing for the rest of their life, you're going to be like, they didn't actually get to like do anything, explore the things they enjoyed. Right. Right. And it was just, you know, on a side note, you know, going into the conversation, I was like, look, I would rather you make $30,000 a year and get to enjoy it with us than make $50,000 a year. And we have to go enjoy it while you lay in bed because you're broken. Like just because it's what you've always done doesn't mean it's what you always have to do. And that crutch is fear-based and that is a, well, it is what it is. It doesn't have, I hate that. I hate it is what it is. I absolutely hate it because it doesn't have uh, to be like what it is. That's like a trigger, a trigger statement for me. I hate <laughs> I it. Use it. Um, and it's I like, realize now why I save this on my phone and it's either for somebody listening or for you to tell John, um, you can start again over and over and over until the feeling of moving in the right direction is more natural to you than feeling like giving up whatever it is that you are facing whatever your struggle is whatever your hill is to climb whatever you are trying to get through there are always ways to take ownership of that thing and the you and you can do it as you come back one day at a time and establish consistency yeah take ownership I love that part take ownership stop using excuses as crutches and take ownership of what you're doing. And that's any crutch. That is a toxic relationship. That's drugs. That's alcohol. That's weed. That's excuses. That's metaphysical tools. Take ownership for what you're doing and figure out how to do it without the crutch. And it's okay to be in a position to, like, going back to that first analogy of healing whatever it is you are healing. It's okay to recognize, like, yes, this is a crutch but I don't want it to be a crutch forever. It doesn't right. just kick the crutches out from underneath you because also if you do that, when something isn't healed, you do more damage again to right. what is broken instead of actually properly healing physically what you need to heal emotionally also. Right. So you just have to take the steps. And, and I, yeah, I like that too. It doesn't mean to just stop using the crutches. It means to take ownership for what's happening and recognize, I don't want this to be my whole life. I don't want to 
rely on this crutch forever. You know, there are people that um, get in car accidents and become quadriplegic or paraplegic that learn how to walk again. They don't use those crutches forever. No. They use them while they need them, and they build up the strength to not need them forever. Exactly. They're everywhere. Yeah, I think that it's really going back again to the self-awareness and the ownership and the accountability and look, it's not for you to look at the people in your life and see where their crutches are. It's for you to look at your life and see where your crutches are. Their crutches are their own to deal with and yours are your own. You can't, right. a form of judgment is looking and even if it's coming from a good place, it's still judgment. Going back to that, if you look at your spouse or your child who's an adult or your mom or your dad, anybody and be like, well, that's your crutch and that's your crutch. That's not healthy either. No, that's no, <laughs> that's just yourself. deflection. Right. And that's, that is a crutch. Yeah. And that is a crutch. <laughs> and you know, don't confuse crutches with assistance either because assi assistance is not the same and assistance is obviously not meant to be forever. Um, right. You know, so, so don't, well, it, goes, don't, it goes back to that analogy. The crutches are there to help heal whatever is broken or cast whatever is broken and to allow it the proper time to heal, but it's not right. to on forever. I just so. don't want, I just don't want people to think that in order to not use crutches, you have to do everything on your own. That's not no. true either. Uh -uh. That's most, of, most of the time, honestly. Honestly, in most situations, you're not going to get off a crutch without assistance. You're going to need somebody to help you. Actually, I'm glad that you brought that one up because that is a big one for me, even dealing with the physical crutches that I've worked through. Like, you will always find more. And one of my biggest ones is I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody. I don't need – and it's not saying, no, I need everybody's help either. It was, it's, I'm going to prove it to everybody that I can do it on my own when really that is a crutch in itself, mm -hmm. not asking for help and using that voice when instead of using it to be empowered, being empowered is knowing when to ask for help. Yeah. 100%. It's the, and there's a balance in all of it. There, there's always sides and middles to the spectrum, but if you're, if you're sitting there asking yourself, I wonder if this is a crutch, it probably is. Well, like it I said with is. all of our, podcasts or have said in many of them we're not we're just providing what we know and what we have been through there is no book that has all of this there's no book that says do this stop doing this and do this and it, everything will be fine you have to find where it belongs in your life and the spectrum that it is that's right all you have control over is yourself right Exactly. So I think if people are listening and they're like, oh, this fits in, you just need to figure out where it fits in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, and, and this is a whole nother topic. Maybe the metaphysical counseling thing would be a good one to go back and listen to if you're wondering. Um, figuring out how to not need a crutch is not about figuring out how to do the thing you're doing without the crutch. It's about figuring out why you needed the crutch in the yes. beginning and, and what the crutch has um, kind of served what, what well, purpose or what place it has just, served. Just throwing the crutches away can actually be more damaging than actually right. in the work 
that you need to do. You have to, you have to figure out what purpose they've served and what place they have held space in and then figure out <clears throat> how to build that up within you without the crutch. And then you remove them. Um, but it's not just a matter of saying, Oh, this is a crutch for this situation. So let me just take it away and deal with the situation. You're going to go right back to the crutches. You know, that's a, a big reason why uh, drug rehab and alcohol rehab, you know, people go over and over and over because a lot of times they just figure out how to get off the crutch, but they don't figure out why they were on it or what purpose that crutch was serving or what they were avoiding by using the crutch. Exactly. You know, or with a person, you know, a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, self-worth or self-love or, you know, um, self-sufficiency. If you're lacking that, that's probably where your need to have another human being as a crutch for codependency comes from. But you can't just say, oh, well, let me just remove them from my life. You're just going to go find another person as a crutch. Exactly. Because you, didn't you have to figure out. Right. You have to figure out what's inside of you that required the crutch to begin with and build that up. I think they should also go back and listen to that. The letting go versus uh, healing. Mm, yeah, that was a good one too. One. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the crutch thing. <laughs> Don't throw them away. Don't no. put them in your closet. And if anybody's listening and is curious and, you know, maybe wants a little bit of insight and just is like, hey, you know, I think this might be a crutch. Do you have any advice or anything? Please feel free to reach out. We will answer your messages. We talk back. What's that song? Talk to We talk back. I talk back. <laughs> I watch way too much TikTok. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you next week about some more things. So stay tuned. See you later. Bye.